This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Okay, the beauty of all this is, and what I love about radio is, you know, you, you kind of you get a picture painted in your mind as, as you listen, you, whatever you go about this. And if you could have seen initial as we're in the studio with the lights off trying to find a light a flashlight or something the phone lines all this stuff happening and i'm, I'm sitting there i'm going i'm going down <laughs> it's i'm gonna mess this show up so bad impossible it's your show you can't mess it up <laughs> and i'm sitting there and, and all of a sudden things get rectified you get here you know we get the light on all's good and uh you know it, it, it's just funny because i was Literally panicking at the start of the show, thinking, <laughs> what am I going to do? I just don't do well by myself, you know? And so it's fun to be able to have another voice in the room, somebody else here. I enjoy that. And having this kibitzing back and forth. And let's kibitz con- and continue with Gennard Avery because this guy, yeah, does he does he remind you a little bit of Devo? A, a little, little bit of D, not as powerful. Just, you mean like how he's a little he's smaller, built, but he's got that leverage. big base, yep. huge thighs, yep. and just yep. like he's he's Continue. just this, this small ball of muscle almost. Right, that, right. Yeah, I could see that his play doesn't remind me of Debo just yet. Maybe no. he can get there at some point. That's a pretty high bar to, oh, to, that's to a clear, very high, though. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, I can see what you're saying when you just look at the guy. He's got that same thing that made Debo so great, which is he's got that low center of gravity, and that leverage is so big in the NFL. And oh yeah, if you can have uh, exceptional leverage, it don't matter if it's six foot eight, three fifty, trying to block you, you can blow him right off the line. So and Debo has proven that many, many, many times. Many times, man. Or he break his back in half as he was being held by all the Oh, I know. What him. we used to call the Mataleo, because they get him around the neck. The Mataleo is from jujitsu and it's a Brazilian term for the rear naked choke. Mata-leo, he got a lot yeah. of those when yeah. he was playing career in exactly. his prime. TJ's well, starting to get him, too. Exactly, because here's the thing, too. You know, with with James, he's he's under six foot. I don't care what anybody says. He ain't quite six yeah. foot. And and you got these six. <laughs> don't tell seven, him that. Yeah, <laughs> you got the six these six foot seven jabronis, right? Yeah. And so they got to bend over to be able to get a punch on. But, he, but most he's stronger guys, and he's faster. And so. you have the dip and rip. Yep. And, and guys dip under and then rip. Well, he doesn't have to dip. He's already under his leverage. He don't have to waste time dipping and coming up and under. He just throws the uppercut, and he spins them like a turnstile because they bend over to try to get on his level. What they have to understand, just like boxers, boxers, if you're a tall boxer, you fight tall. You don't fight small to the little man's size. You stay upright and use the length of your punch to be able to operate. And guys that play James or Gennard Avery that, that bend over and try to play small, you're, you're, you're losing on the very essence of what you have uh, to make you good. And that is your height, your length, the radius of your punch, all that stuff. That's how you do it. And I would bet that for the most part, you're going to get tackles in the NFL do that thing, bend over and try to come to your height. You'll have the elite of the elite that know exactly what you're talking about, right. and they'll just shrug it off like it's nothing. But, man, that's a guy. I would sit Jannard Avery down in front of some James Harrison film for hours watch and say, it. watch the pass rush yep. techniques because this is your template right here. The, the dip and rip, like you said, master that. 
because you've got the strength and you've got the center of gravity to do it. He's got a pretty good club too, he, yeah. you know. And the other thing I thought about uh, Gennard was, you know, his he's got he shows some good balance and and recovery characteristics, which I thought was great. His athleticism. Guy tried to cut him, and he you know didn't get off his feet. Kept rushing. You know, uh, the guy goes 100 miles an hour, and uh, you could see a couple plays where he was gassed. You know, yeah. out there. Um, but, but that's good, same, right? Yep. When you're the third guy or the absolutely. fourth guy off he's, the bench, you just, should go crazy. Just, 110 miles per absolutely. hour. Absolutely, go crazy and play as hard as you can. As long you only as you got can. like 10 snaps a game. Absolutely, so make the most of it. Well, let's hope that Jannard Avery continues on this upward trend. Uh, he's a guy that I think is going to be significant. You got to have somebody besides TJ and Alex Highsmith being able to, you know, pressure the quarterback. Absolutely, uh, especially when you've seen TJ does not know how to go less than 110% himself, and he's out there for four snaps a game. So he's going to need a spell every once in a while to keep him fresh. Highsmith's going to need a spell every once in a while to keep him fresh. So, yeah, you're going to need the guys to step up behind them. But it's it's really refreshing through this whole preseason process, save for maybe a couple of position spots. When there's openings in the in, in the second and the third spot in the depth charts, this third third outside linebacker, second string running back, it's not a matter of, wow, we've got three guys and we're really struggling to find out who to pick between these three because they're not impressing. Almost all of them are really doing good things and making it hard on the coaching staff in that direction, saying, man, Tuska's been here, done that, and he looks just as good as he has. Delonte Scott's flashing for us. Jannard Avery's been putting himself maybe in the front of all of those guys in the race. Like, It's refreshing to see that you have these question marks in your depth spots and instead of just, oh, we need a guy there, so let's just tab Jannard Avery to be the guy, it's an actual decision where they're playing really well and they're doing everything you ask of them. And if you're a coach, you want to get to final cutdown day, final depth chart day, and have headaches, right, over who you have to plug into number three, number four on the depth exactly. chart. Exactly. If you don't have the headache, then you, you're sitting there thinking in the back of your head, we're an injury away from being in some serious trouble. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the we, – we, this week you've really got to see some of these and or guys start to make – Just biggest week yeah. for guys' career coming this up, is, right? This is it. Yeah. I mean, we've got to settle on a left guard. you got to settle on your starting corner. you got to settle on your linebackers, the inside linebackers, and you've got to settle on your backups. Things like that. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. Coming up this week, that is going to be so very important. The left guard battle is a little upsetting because of the Dotson's injury problems. Too. Well, we haven't seen a full exactly, battle. Right? Yeah, that's part of the problem yeah. is we've not seen the best of Kevin Dotson because of the ankle thing. And uh, I, I, you know, uh, on one play, you look at the speed, the explosion, uh, the uh, quickness of, of Kendrick Green. It looks good, and then. He does something. And that, he gets swum into next and week. You got, and you got that, and then you see Kevin Dotson come out and just, you know, pile move some dude there, and then uh, then he's limping. You know, I mean, there, there, there's, you know, up and down all along uh, in in different areas here. And so it's going to be really important. One of the guys I was so happy to see get some playing time was Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah. You know, we needed to see Larry we need to see what that man can do. This guy is a powerful dude. This guy is, um, you know, you know who, who reminds who uh, reminds me a lot of Larry is Demarvin Leal. I mean, a guy that boy did he look good in the, la- in the second good. half? Yeah, got the big sack against, at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's he's running around, he's going after people, and his body type reminds me a lot of Ogunjobi. And and uh, Ogunjobi is one of these very powerful dudes, man. I mean, a couple axe handles across the rear, 
you know, that's how we used to measure each other, you know, by axe handles. <laughs> you'd use you know, axe handles, keisters, yeah. yeah. He's got a keister, a power pack. That's that's what gets you in the trenches. That's your power, man. you got to be able to squat with six, seven, seven, eight hundred pounds, you know, on your back and be able to move people. But uh, the the thing about it is, uh, Ogan Joby's one of those guys, he's going to be a key performer. You want this guy to be fresh, ready for the start, come Cincinnati. And... I think that there were some plays where you looked at the Rodney defense and it, timely stops weren't there. Like third downs, they'd give up big gains. Through the air, though, a lot of the time. But the final score was 30 carries, 97 yards, 3.2 yards a lot, and a touchdown. C.J. Beathard, the second-string quarterback, scrambled up the middle for a touchdown there. Right. 3.2 yards allowed per carry. Mwah. That's chef's kiss right there. Oh. I mean, if we can get that rolling throughout the entire season. If teams are running the ball 30 times and not getting to the 100-yard mark with that, that's oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's a massive improvement from where they were last year. So they you're right. Well it was over five It was great year. to see Larry O get in there because he's got a lot to do with improving that run defense. And I think Leal is a guy that we're not going to see early this year. But come week 15, week 16, don't be surprised if he starts splashing himself in the rotation more often than not because – he just has that that it factor. Well, like. he, he looked good. He threw an uppercut one time. I think it was a sack. He threw an uppercut that could have uprooted a tree. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is you throw an uppercut, you want to drive that into the armpit of the offensive lineman. But what you want to do is you don't want to be leaning hard. What you want to do is getting under and get your hip next to him, lifting him up, lifting his center, because then he's got no he's got power. nowhere to go. Yeah. He's got, got no power whatsoever. You can turn the corner on these guys. That's why, as an offensive lineman, when I was always, you know, what I would always do and what I always teach the young guys to do, you know, you you punch, but make sure you lock out and punch his hip, because if he can't get his hip next to yours, he can't beat you. You know, if if you're moderately strong, keep his hip away you can from yours. Just, yes, just keep one arm locked on his shoulder, one arm locked on his hip, and you know he, he can punch all day long. He he's can not he can try anywhere. to lift you up, but you you've got the leverage on him. You know, so these are the things we think about as offensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> you know that and Krispy Kreme donuts and double stuff Oreos. Those are all big things. One of the things that um, I, I noticed that the Steelers didn't have been doing. Uh, they play those uh, quarters, meaning the three safeties in both the nickel and dime packages. Yeah. And, um, you know, <laughs> again, I keep looking and seeing uh, Terrell Edmonds up there in the box. I love the way this guy operates because he gets after it. He's got a nose for the ball. He's a tough guy. And I, I, I've done a, a show with him, the Market District show, right. the last couple of years right. with him. And so I'd always be going, which, by the way, is going to be with Pat Fryermuth. The Muth is Luth the Muth. at Giant Eagle. <laughs> We gotta get it. I like that. We gotta get a T-shirt. I the know. Muth is Luth. <laughs> uh, we'll sell him a giant eagle. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but you know that. I and I, I continually would be saying, you know, hey, get sponsored by Omaha Steaks. <laughs> eat them big and then squat big. Get you know a barbell. Put manhole covers on there and go up and down and wash, rinse, and repeat. Edmonds, you know? you're talking about. Yes, yeah, Terrell yeah, Edmonds. Yeah. And I, I said he'd be like the he'd be like the Ferrari of hybrids. You know, he was always kind of hybrid-ish when he came out of Virginia Tech. I mean, the the story on him was bigger safety, and you can see that is yeah. the case in the NFL. And he's really, really gotten better as far as tackling is concerned. Uh, maybe one of his you know biggest flaws was open field tackles when he was a rookie, but I can't remember a, a time last year where he really missed a tackle in the open field. So he's improved incredibly in that aspect. And 
you're right. I mean, you put a little bit more beef on him, and with DeMonte Casey really showing some stuff in the secondary and a guy who's been around the league a, a while now and has established himself as a legit NFL player, I think you have definitely a reason to explore putting just one middle linebacker out on the field and putting three safeties and have Edmonds kind of creep down into the box as that hybrid safety linebacker help stop the run and, you know, just help, you and know. still be able to cover. More yeah. th- better than supposed or should be able be to cover better, better than any of the linebackers right. because he's a safety. So Exactly so. You know, I mean, one of the things that – and by the way, do we have callers? I'm trying to see because – Not at the, the moment. Couple, okay. The lines are clear. All right. I was just wondering just because as you're sitting here and you're also an expert in production – and ninja techniques. <laughs> I was going to call upon your expertise because the screens are flashing, and I don't know. And I, I see. Here's the thing about it. I sit in the studio here and I look at the multicolored lights, the LED screens. And I go, I'd like to push that button. <laughs> don't push the, <laughs> the buttons, Wolf. The, I know, I know. You get mesmerized. Don't like, push the buttons, Wolf. Don't touch nope, the don't buttons. Don't touch the buttons. <laughs> Just watch the pretty lights bounce up and down. <laughs> look at the pretty lights. Oh, aren't they so nice? You know, I've actually. I, I remember. Uh, a uh, time when uh, I got a little buzzed from uh, a heavy hit. <laughs> I remember looking and going, oh, look at the lights, man. And they're like, there are no lights. Well, <laughs> there were in my head. <laughs> they were sparking. But I think Edmonds has what it takes to have people seeing lights on the other side. He can definitely lay the boom. And oh, he can lay the boom, yes. If you do that, I would like to see some experimenting of this in the Detroit game. Well, just, here's, to, just to get it off the here's ground. Here's what you look for. Watch him when he drops from up... You know, he might sink into the box, and all of a sudden he goes to the end of the line. Okay. And he'll be the end man on the line, and he'll come down and either set the edge or chase from the edge and be able to chase it down. He is so quick. It's a lot of speed, yeah. Absolutely. He came off the, the edge one time, and they pulled the guard to kick out, and he flashed right by the guard. The guard couldn't even didn't even see him. Spun around. Yeah, it was just like, 360. Yeah, what the hell just like, happened? He, he waved at him when he went by. Well, you know, I mean, that's about all. And that's what Terrell is capable of doing. Again, I like the fact the closer to the line of scrimmage that you can keep. And obviously, it's not every play. Right. You know, people, when sometimes when they hear me talking about stuff and they're going, well, you can't do it every play. Of course not. These are packages that you roll out for specific down distance and personnel and, and creating advantageous situations for your defense rather than the offense having the upper hand. That's what it's all about. And then you don't have to play also. You don't have to play so much of the, uh, uh, you know, the rotate people game. Right. You know what I mean? I like this, you know, in theory, and I think it's something that they should explore. But you'd rather just have two inside linebackers that can stay on the field for three downs. You know what I mean? Like this, and I'm not trying to say that we're like grasping for straws because I think this could work with oh, Edmonds playing down in the box. Absolutely, more often. look, Devin Bush I think Casey is just, coming in yeah. really helps you with that well, too. It gives no you the flexibility. Question. No question. Demonte Casey is the key. Yeah. You can't go with three safeties if you don't have three safeties that can operate yes. like that. You know, and that's that's just that's the fact, Jack. You know, what I mean, that's what it's about. <laughs> Um, but this I will say, and, and just reiterate something I made a point earlier, Miles Jack has shown he's still got that downhill bang. I mean, he has yeah. shown a couple of times knifing through the line of scrimmage and making plays and finding he picks his way through the traffic uh, pretty darn good, and I was impressed by uh, what he's, he's done th- thus far. You know, Miles Jack has been exactly what the doctor ordered. It's just that the doctor ordered him to be the number two linebacker with Bush hopefully elevating to that number yep. one spot that you wanted him to be. 
And unfortunately, it looks like they're going to have to tab Miles Jack as the legit number one linebacker that is on the field all the time, run defense, pass coverage, and he can do it. He did it in Jacksonville for a little bit, but I just think he would have been better. The plan in their mind was, let's bring in Jack. He's the best number two that Bush has had since he's been here as a running mate, and hopefully he can help Bush take off and... I mean, we've seen it for three weeks. It just hasn't happened. He has not taken off. It's, it's yeah. Um, we just hope, you keep hoping for the, see something jump out there and see. Yeah, something maybe clicks. Look, yeah. look at the punter. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's booming him 80 yards out of How nowhere. How about that, I mean, man? Yeah, I mean, this guy, something just clicks sometimes in athletes' heads. How about and things Presley work at out. That, that, when he kicked that, uh, you know, the free kick after the the uh, safety he kicked it so far that the Jacksonville return man had to backpedal like he's twenty yards and he fumbled yeah. the ball because he was like holy crap this thing's going he was like, oh, was like boom more more, more? Yeah. oh my god it's still going you know we weren't far from Kennedy Space Center he might have thought it was a launch <laughs> <laughs> I mean Presley I'll say this and up at training camp man he punted Booming three up. of them he had 63, 60, 62, and sixty one and they were all over five seconds of hang time mm. each. I mean, that's that's doing something, man. Absolutely, and with a team that's going to rely on their defense to get the job done week in and week out, such a big advantage to be able to flip the field like that. Your offense stalls out at your own 20, but they're not taking over uh, any further than their own 30, and it's huge. No doubt about it. There's no question. And, you know, we'll continue on this this line. The number here is 412-919-1316. If you want to get on a call, it's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. Ninja Tom sitting in today, 970 ESPN and SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Now is only one catch, but it's one catch that I really wanted to see. One simple pass, one catch. I know Chase exactly. Claypool yep, I knew going it. down the sidelines, a 29-yarder. He beat, he stacked that corner like uh, he was stacking cordwood, brother. <laughs> and he beat the safety. They rolled the safety over in coverage. And, you know, Chase went up strong. I would have liked to seen him get his hands up rather than, you know, catch it with his, his body. Chest, yeah. But he knows his business better than I do. That's uh, why I was an offensive lineman I couldn't catch. Uh, but... Didn't was it not great to see him come out there and make a play like that? Especially that kind of play, the right. high pointing of the football over top of a safety that is six inches smaller than you. So you should be doing that on a regular basis. And give number ten credit too. Good pass, put it way yeah, up. It was in the a air nice job by uh, Mitch. Absolutely, where only Chase could get the ball. But that's the thing that we've wanted to see from Chase all of last year is high pointing the ball downfield, winning those combat catches against you know, smaller defensive backs. So if he can do that, and I think George Pickens is going to make a living out of doing that, if you have two of those guys that you can just kind of say, things are breaking down, I don't care that he's kind of covered, I'll throw this ball high enough where he can outjump the guy. Uh, you really have a, a lot of uh, options when it comes to your wide receivers. You know, so one of the things that was massive to see that. Exactly. Massive. One of the things that, um, you know, Terry Bradshaw always used to talk about was the fact that, uh, you know, you got Swan and Stallworth, they were combat catchers. These guys, the ability to operate in a small space in air and compete for the ball in a very confined area. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, Chuck Chuck would be there going, he see Chuck on the sidelines and Chuck would be like, No, 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 no. Oh, 
Great throw, Terry. Great pass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, it, he throw it in there even when it looked like the coverage yeah. was there because he knew that Swanee and Stalls would go after that ball and that if they can't get it, no one's getting it, you know. And so that gave him a great deal of confidence. And I, you know, for the coaches, I mean, for the quarterbacks now competing, you know, whether it's Pickens, whether it's it's uh, Claypool, uh, whether it's Deontay Johnson, I mean, you've got to have that sort of confidence that, all right, if they, if they don't get it, no one's getting it. Yeah, people like to say when you have a stud wide receiver like that and quarterback's in trouble, they just like to run the screw it, Antonio Brown's down there somewhere play. Or the right. screw it, Jamar Chase is there somewhere, throw it up and hopefully he comes down with it. And most of the time he's going to come down with it. It's such a, a weapon to have when you can do that, when, when everybody's covered perfectly and it still doesn't matter. And for the Steelers to have two guys that have that potential I think is huge. Chase Claypool little off the radar, right? I mean, he can operate a little bit in the shadows this year because Deontay got the big deal. So everybody's talking about Deontay gets his contract, second contract as a Steeler. Um, everybody knows what he can do. He was a former pro bowler. George Pickens is the darling, not just of Steelers training camp, of training camps across the entire NFL. I mean, you can't turn on the NFL network. He has been without somebody talking about how great George Pickens looks. So Chase Claypool can kind of operate a little bit off the radar here, and, and I think that that can do two things for him. In the actual game, it'll give him a lot of favorable matchups if the other teams are focusing on Pickens and Deontay. And I think all three of them, if they play well, that's something that they're going to do really well is take coverages away from the other one. So have a big game for Deontay next week. It's Pickens, then it's Claypool. I think they've got the chance to really attract uh, attention from defenses, all three of them do. And then um, the other thing it does for Chase Claypool, if he's able to just you know kind of you know, operate, it gives him a chip on that shoulder. You know, it makes it, like, I scored, what was it, 14, well, 11 this, touchdowns as a Now you're going somewhere I think I, I, I want to jump in and go, how much do you think Chase has been kind of like going, I need to get out here and do something. You know, this kid picking That's what is I mean. sucking up all the love, sucking up all the, you know, the, the Steeler Nation stuff. That's what I'm saying, um, yeah. You know, I need to come out and make sure that they know – this I, I can I can do this. I scored and I double digit yeah. touchdowns as a rookie. Exactly. And, you know, and yeah, I had a little bit of a, a sophomore slump in my second season, but that happens to players. People can bounce back from sophomore slumps, and I do think that Chase, and if he's in his room alone, you know, contemplating on the season ahead, I'm still a guy. Like I'm still a dude in this league, and he firmly believes that, and that catch showed it uh, on Saturday against Jacksonville. So. I do think he's got a little bit of that chip on his shoulder. Saying, I think so. Don't forget about me. Like, number 11 no, I mean, still has a case to make The here. fire is there. I, I think, think for so Chase too. Claypool, look, the guy is extraordinarily talented. There's no question about it. Yeah. All the physical attributes and skills that you need to be a top-flight wide receiver in the NFL. Well, the Steelers don't draft wide receivers that don't match that yeah. description. They really don't. Absolutely. <laughs> and think about this. Now, you know, because he, he's a 6'4", 238 you know, type of guy. Right. Like that's, he's thicker than Pickens. Too. That's like he's like, a big that's dude. almost tight end yeah. size and the ability to cut him loose on some downfield guys. I mean, we we've seen it and we need to see more of it. That's why one, yeah. That's why of, I love putting him in the slot. Yeah. Just get well, so many mismatches. Well you can get the slot, but keep moving. I I'm i I like the guys, different guys in the slot. I like the fact that keep them guessing, yeah, yeah. Because now you've got the more you guys you got to prepare for, yep. the, the the less you can prepare for the one guy. You right. know what I mean? And it, it, if I'm playing Gary Big Hands Johnson, you know who was a former NFL 
uh, defensive player of the year, right? And Sack King and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, there's a couple other guys that I have to prepare for. It's a little bit difficult to remember that uh, Gary Big Hands Johnson's biggest move was the outside swat and club and this and that when you also have guys like Louis Kelcher and other guys yep. that fit right into that frame and they can rotate guys through. And all of a sudden, you know, you're you're a little out of breath, you're on the drive and everything. And, you know, some the scouting report's not like checking in as fast in your gourd as it was earlier in the game, you know what I mean? So the thing about it is, uh, for Chase Claypool especially thinking about it, is him being able to show that I'm still got the big play characteristics that you w- yeah. so well know that I have, and I'm, <laughs> I intend to be a part of this. He needs us. I mean, you know, yep. this is, oh. what, fourth year? Yeah, he's got his yeah. contract's up now. After Deontay, yep. it's his turn, you right. think. So he's got to have a year that he can go into the 2023 offseason and have some leverage on his side when he enters this negotiation or else he's in trouble. And I think one thing I'd like to see from him, too, beyond just the actual you know, catching of the football and the big play threat is some more of that fire when it comes to blocking, some more of that fire when it comes to the intangibles It's a physical dude, football. man. I mean, he's capable. He was a special team star at Notre Dame. Obviously, you don't want him covering kicks in the NFL because he's one of your biggest weapons. He did on offense. that his rookie year, though. Well, you have a touchdown to. pass, and then he was L three on the kickoff, making the tackle. Right, yeah. and you have to do that as a rookie. But I love that because China Dolls, or that's what we used to call wide receivers back in my day, you know, China Dolls. Um, he he <laughs> he showed right there. He's not a China doll. No, and you know? that, like I said, at Notre Dame, he loved special teams play. He loved making tackles on special teams. Again, you're not going to do that now because you need him on offense. You don't want him to get hurt covering a kick. But I want to see him put a DB on his butt. I want to see him, you know, with you the see run blocking game. Snell on the kickoff or uh, the uh, punt cover. Is that, that beautiful? That's probably the biggest reason keeping Benny still still alive on this <laughs> roster is he's a special team star. Man, that was that was a classic tackle. That was that was dealing. That, that's, Can he play linebacker? I don't. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. You wonder. I mean, that is really that's a case of deceleration oh. trauma there. You know, that dude was coming forward, lickety split, and now suddenly he was not moving forward at all within less than a step and <laughs> a half. Thinking what happened. That's that's what we refer to as deceleration trauma. But I'd l- I just want to see Chase get more physical because, like you, like you were just saying, he's 235. Like, he's yeah. got – he should be able to move any D back that he wants to off of their spot, and I think that's so huge, especially if he is uh, – I like what you said about moving people around in the slot – but think about him in that slot and those end arounds that they like to run. The jet sweeps. Yeah. yeah. I just imagine Deontay comes screaming across, get the handoff, and Clay pulls the guy out in front blocking. I mean, there's not a DB, like I said, that should be able to handle him. So right. I want to see a lot more than that. Did you see in the Seattle game, Pickens, the run play went to the other side of him, but yeah. he just pushed this jacked, defensive back right the dude onto right the on ground and just kind of looked at him on the ground and like, come on, dude. I like, just did that. <laughs> So that's exciting that's a, to see. Hey, look, let me tell you something. When you plant a dude, you want him to know that he just hey, got planted. I'm here. Yeah, I was the one that did it. I, you know, I'll be back. So if Pickens is going to be doing that, as well as all the freaky stuff he's doing in the actual receiving position part of it, uh, Claypool's definitely got to be looking over his shoulder a little bit because there's not much that this guy behind me can't do well. I think I think it's not a matter of looking over his shoulder, saying I want to match it and do one more. You know, that's the thing that I like because Pickens is going to be – here's the thing about when you got a guy in the room, and I would imagine the coaches are, you know, they're, they're hip to this stuff. For instance, in the offensive line room, you know, you have somebody that splats a guy, and, you know, you run it back and forth and you kind of highlight it. Now, everybody else in the room wants to be that guy. They want to get the praise, Everybody yeah. else wants to be and match what you just saw on the film. 
right? So you do that in the wide receiver room. You know, you got some very talented guys here. Miles Boykin's another guy that has been, I think, having a very good camp and making a good, uh, stating a good case for keeping him. The receiving room has a ton of depth. They're just trying to find that guy, that number one guy. Is it Deontay? Is it Pickens? Is it Claypool? Does he still have a, a case to be made for that? And I think that that's crucial, is to be able to find that legit, bona fide, I'm a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, throw me the ball 10 times a game. And I think I'm confident that one of those three will emerge as that guy. To be honest, I think I'm favoring Pickens maybe being that guy. Maybe not this year, but in the future. He's, he looks like he's He looks like sure. a guy. Like he I, looks like a— But this is how I was looking at Chase Claypool two years ago. Right, and that's why I say— I'm thinking myself, three years down the road, this guy's going to be a superstar. Yeah, he's— and, He's not quite a—he's got all the qualities. He's got—it's there. Now they got to put it together, man. Exactly, but that's why I think he's still in that race. You know, people just want to say Pickens or is it Deontay, but I think Claypool definitely no. has something to say about it as well. Absolutely he could emerge as that does. guy. But look at the depth behind him. I think they're probably going to keep six, I'd think. I would think. So yeah. I think Austin's going to make it just because you right. fourth fourth round pick. You right. like the potential. You know, Gunner, Gunner. Gunner is going to make it. I think he's got the fifth spot locked down. He's got to. Punt, he's so good in punt return, and he's going to make plays for them on third down this year. This third guy, and five, third and six. Guy, you know, Danny Smith calls him fearless. Yeah, you know, and I, I believe him. You know, you watch when you watch his skill level when he's tracking a punt. He's out there, yeah. and the punt comes. And I don't know if you've ever tried to catch a punt. It's it's impossible. I yeah, it's like for me, it, it took like. 3,000 attempts off the jugs machine before it I usually knocks the one. wind out of me when I try to catch it. That ball comes falling down from the sky fast. I've, I've, had, I've had a couple bounce off my head. <laughs> I got it, I got it, I got pitiful. it, doink. Yeah, it's it's pitiful. So anyhow, watching Gunner track, I mean, it's it's an art form because you got to locate the ball, then you got to look quickly and snapshot the coverage team coming at you. Got to get back to focus on the ball, snapshot, and you got to go back and forth like that. And one of the things that, that is great about that is you see the same skill in him locating the ball when he's running with guys, you know, oh, in the coverage. first Seattle game, that first drive with Mitch when yeah. they scored a touchdown, he was phenomenal. Just working the middle loose. of the field. Yeah. yeah. Caught the ball over the middle and caught a touchdown pass when the coverage broke down. That was absolutely terrific. So I expect him to make it. You know what I like, too? You know, when I when you hear the defensive backs kind of getting a little perturbed at him, you know, they're getting on this kind oh, of like Oh, I heard Minka was getting into it with Gunner at one of the training camp practices with the, uh, just the one-on-one bit. drills. Just yeah. a little bit, you know. He's like, nope, give me Gunner again. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you want and a guy I that gets it. under the skin of the other guys, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is a guy that competes. But I will also say this, you know, and I, I really appreciate Mike Tomlin you know, when he when he talks about it, he goes, that wasn't for Minka. <laughs> that was that was for working the other guys. No, thirty nine knows what yeah. to do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't for Minka. <laughs> oh yeah. Love that. Absolutely. So we Well quick before we go to the number six guy though. Oh. I think you're looking at Boykin, yes. maybe as the front runner. Possibly. Just a lot of NFL experience there. But Tyler Vaughn's has made a TV. lot of plays late in games. I know he's playing the stiffs. The last but two weeks. If you can't beat the stiffs. Well, that's the Ilkin rule. Right. Tunch so, Ilkin was, if you can't beat the stiffs, you are the stiff. And Vaughn's clearly isn't a stiff because he's beating them and he's playing well against the third and fourth stringers. I bet he gets a little bit more run in the first half against Detroit. Give him a good look and then... So it would be Boykin, him, and then I'd say maybe Steven Sims is the other guy that might have a He's little bit of a hat in the He's another guy that's interesting, yeah. But I think, I think well in jet sweeps and if, everything else. If you had to make me choose now, I'd pick Boykin as number six. But I think the legit battle is between him and TV for that last spot. Now, 
I think TV's one of those guys that got practice with P squad uh, eligibility. So that's could probably going to factor into the decision. Could, could, you can could keep well him be, safe on possibly, the PS. Yeah. yeah, that's somebody that you got to look at. I I just like what I've seen from Miles. I thought. Uh, you know, he catches the ball well with his hands. He extends his hands. He's got the NFL track record. Yeah, he's he's got an NFL track record. He's a guy that he's looked good on the kickoff team, had yes, a tackle. That's on, huge for him. I saw him line up as a gunner and beat the pants off of whoever was trying to block him. Um, you know, simply put, I think I think Miles Boykin is having a pretty dead gum good training yes. camp. All right. Okay, we're gonna go to break. We'll be back with more right here in the locker room after this. We are Acrosure. 14,000 experts around the world using game-changing technology to unlock an extraordinary advantage in insurance, real estate services, cyber services, asset management, and more. We are the high-tech human approach to help protect and grow everything you've worked so hard to build. It's nice to meet you. Find out what Acrosure can do for you at Acrosure.com. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we designed the Ford trucks of the future for everyone. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 45 years straight. Made for performance and capability on and off-road. Because the trucks of the future aren't designed for a few. They're built for America. Ford F-Series, drive one today. Based on 1977 to 2021 calendar year total sales. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, yeah, it's the bell lap here in the locker room. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, and the Ninjas have come through big today. And I appreciate you uh, checking in, staying with us through this. We had a little rough start to the initial part of the show because, you know, when you can't see in the studio. (laughs) <laughs> and, and Brian's down. It'll come on. It'll come on. And suddenly, there was let there be light. Yes, and there was there was light. And I was so gratified because I'm squinting at the paper. I'm like, I can't trying see to use the computer screen light. What's my uh, yeah my notes? So anyhow, one of the big plays that I thought uh, occurred the other night in in Jacksonville was Carlin's Platel uh, beating one of the large prairie mammals to the conflict zone. You know, he blew up the screen right at the end. And I got to tell you. You know, that that 57-yard field goal attempt could have well been a 40-yard, a 35-yarder because that dude was still – that, that guy would be still running with the ball. Yeah. I mean, Tim Jones, the, the, the wide receiver, that, that screen would have been set up and Platel beat that large prairie mammal, one of the offensive linemen, beat him to the spot yeah. and made the hit. And what a great job of seeing, reading, and boom, firing your gun and making the hit. Those are the plays that win games. They are. They very well and did. They get you and, noticed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I've seen a lot of that from the secondary, to be honest, is making these big kind of plays uh, downhill in the run defense, in the screen game. Witherspoon had a couple of nice tackles for losses, I think, in the Seattle game. Oh, he had a couple. In Jacksonville, Yeah, in Jacksonville. Too. Evan Ingram took him right yeah, off his feet. Yeah, yeah. nice job. Mollette. Has really shown up as a potential replacement for Mike Hilton in that run-stopping yeah. game. Set now he's edge. got he's nicked up this past weekend, but yeah. he is what Mike Tomlin says is a real NFL dude. He's he's nicked up, but he's safe to make yeah. the team. He's got he's yes. got a and not just to make the team. He's got a role on game day, yeah. uh, in helping to stop that run. So 
I don't want to say the Steelers found their next Mike Hilton, but I think he's going to do a lot of the things that Mike Hilton did. Maybe not as good as Hilton did, but he's going to bring that kind of aspect back to the game. It'll so. be interesting to see what they do with him blitzing off the slot because I've seen him come a couple times. And that was Hilton's bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that Mike just had that that uh, whatever it is that was able to time the snap and, and be able to use it to his advantage and blitz and be that uh, heat-seeking missile that came in and blew yeah. things up, man. That's what I loved about the dude. The dude was just really a competitor and really had a knack for that blitzing and picking his way through the traffic and getting to the quarterback. Another guy, another thing that's got to happen this week, One of we got to have cleanup on aisle five, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> you got flagged ten times, uh, two were declined and two were, others were offsetting, okay? Mm-hmm. But you've got to – there's got to be a little cleanup here, and they've got to get uh, – make sure everybody's operating the, the the best efficiency in their technique as possible because 10 flags are way too many. Way too many. And when one of those uh, takes a touchdown off the board, you know, Mike's extra, Boom. extra ticked Did, off. How about Kenny Pickett snapping that ball off? Was it Deontay that he threw the ball to? For the, for the touchdown yeah, that got called back, yeah, Deontay. The, I, first of all, Matt Cannon, I love the way you move the pocket. You know, you have these guys roll, well, semi-rolls. That's going to be huge if the line is below well, the line this year. <laughs> okay, I get that. But what I what I like about that, when you roll like that, you're basically cutting the field down to a third, and now you have multi-level routes being run. Right. And you have an opportunity to throw from the numbers to the sidelines. And it's good for young quarterbacks, for inexperienced yeah. quarterbacks, what have you. But it's also good for the line because when you you change up the, the launch point, when you have various places that you throw from, you can't sit back there and go, you know, all right, he's four yards, six yards deep, and, I, you know, he's going to be there every time. Yeah. You know, you move that pocket. Yeah, and that's something that Canada's going to do a lot this year with the quarterbacks, either Mitch or Kenny, or even Mason, throw them in there. They both have the ability to throw on the run and move the pocket like that, but zip on Kenny's ball. Zip. The Boy, pass to Deontay in the end zone, like you just said, one, the slant to Deontay. He's moving to his left. Now, he's got to throw across his body. Yes. And he kind of did this little skip, hop in the air, and snap that ball from his he hip. He can gun it in Boy, there. Boy, did he throw that nice. That yes. was pure athleticism. That was a throw that makes you go, okay, I see why they draft him number yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And you're seeing that more and more. You're seeing the NFL throws. Again, the slant where Deontay got tripped up on the, the two-minute drive at the end of the first half. I mean, he rocketed that thing in there. He did zip it, it right was in beautiful, there. and that's the kind of you have to have that zip in the NFL, or else you're never going to get it through the wind. The windows are so small they in are. the secondary, so if you don't have the NFL arm speed, you're going to have a NFL lot of trouble. Anticipation. Here's the thing about it: you've got to be able to anticipate those windows. And one of the strong points I thought with Kenny was when I watched film on him was his ability to anticipate those windows and put the ball where he needs to. All you got to do, and I don't mean this to downgrade Chris Alotacon. Chris has struggled a little bit, well, he's, yeah. and he's, he's having issues throwing the ball, but you can see the difference between Kenny and Chris. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things where that's why Kenny was the number one pick. Now, Alotacon may have a fine future and, and come along and, and, and develop and all, and you know, all more power to them. Love it, you know, for young guys to be able to come up and, and grab their dream. But, you know, when you see Kenny just roll that little semi-roll and snap that baby off almost sidearm because of the angle he had to deliver, I thought that was impressive. You have to trust that, that like, in the NFL, you'll throw the ball when the window's closed. And you just have to trust that in two seconds when the ball gets there, it's going to be open. Yeah. And you kind of have to yep. have that feel for it. And, yeah, 
Kenny show Kenny just shows a feel for the game that makes Absolutely. you really confident in him. But I also will say, did you see Mason snap that one off to Tyler Sneed? Huh? Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Mason too. Nothing Mason, the guy has done has been bad this no, year. He's I, been a very good quarterback. Him. This yes. guy is really talk about strength of mind and, and professionalism yes. and everything else and delivering the mail. I mean, this guy's done it all. And that's going to pay off. I don't think he'll be moved this year. Steelers need all three, in my opinion. But that's going to – a lot of teams are going to see that and say, this is a guy we want to be our backup quarterback in the future because he knows his role. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. As I said, you know, it was a little bumpy start, and I'm so grateful that Ninja Tom jumped in and, you know, Brian was able to get the lights going. <laughs> But I am certainly so grateful for Steelers Nation. Anytime you tune in, we love you here in the locker room. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Max will be home in Phoenix, and we'll be able to dial it up and get her going. But thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow as we prepare for Detroit right here in the locker room.